a cross between 2001 A Space Odyssey and a barroom conversation that spawned the plot of Alien, we watched Dark Star on Bottom of the Barrel. Hello everyone and welcome to a very special Labor Day episode of Bottom of the Barrel. Why is it special? It's not. I lied. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say it was special because it's on Labor Day. Yay! Happy Labor Day! Okay, anyways, <laughs> that makes no sense for anybody outside of the country, and I apologize. Anyways, uh, today's movie was a... It was fun. It was, a, it was an interesting movie. We watched the movie Dark Star, which is actually uh, directed by John Carpenter. John Carpenter is better known for, uh, I don't know, a little film called Halloween, the original one, you know? Scary. And uh, other films like uh, The Fog, The Thing, uh, Christine. Um, boy, he actually uh, he did a lot of films. He directed a lot of movies. Um, but he also uh, is credited as creating uh, the Escape from New York film, as well as the Escape from L.A., I guess if you want to count that as a movie, whatever. And the always amazing, amazing film, The Ghost of Mars, which I have a feeling will be making a small appearance on this podcast because that movie is just as awesome. So anyways, we watched the movie Dark Star. Now, Dark Star was a 1974 comedy slash sci-fi film, uh, which actually uh, stars uh, the guy who went on to write Alien. It legitimately was the kind of idea that spawned the film Alien. So remember, or think back to what you know of Alien, and then when you watch this movie, you're going to be like, okay, well, I guess I see where he got the ideas for Alien. But it's still like that guy wrote Alien because <laughs> this movie is this movie's crazy there's only a cast of about a half a dozen people actually I don't even think I don't even think there's a half a dozen I honestly think there's maybe like five people in this entire film uh it's a very small small cast very very independent very very early early John Carpenter you can tell just by watching this movie that there's not much of a uh like a budget at all <laughs> just because the special effects in this film are crazy they it, they they used little dolls at one point for the wide shots of when they go out into space because it takes place in space um and you can tell that they they made the full-blown costumes that are on the actors to model that of the little action figure um guy that's floating in space it's 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 ridiculous but anyways let's get into the review before i spill before i spoil too much of this because uh, this is a great film so the movie opens with a quote-unquote message from space to those on board of the dark star spaceship that's where the title is uh, a ship that can apparently stop on a dime in space it literally just stops the main crew whom i will refer to as crosby stills and nash just based upon the way they look, proceed to lower Bomb 19, which apparently is a smart bomb of sorts that can talk to the crew in a fast-paced, hyper voice. The bomb reminds Nash that it'll detonate in six minutes, which just shows how incompetent our stars are going to be in this film, because it had to remind him. They drop, drop, in space, the bomb descended towards the nearby planet as they make breakneck speed away from it before the bomb goes off. They celebrate the destruction of the planet and proceed to take us through the opening credits with music, music from, from the, the future, which sounds extremely similar to terrible Johnny Cash ripoff music from the 70s. And then we are treated to an amazing action-packed scene of Crosby talking to the lookout guy, which I'll, I'll call him young, as he eats his breakfast and recollects on the asteroid he's heard about. 
And then Crosby decides to give the cliche John Carpenter sad character backstory. <laughs> oh, we're supposed to feel sorry for him, but I don't. Because it's really not even sad. After Stills yells at Nash for bringing a door randomly to the elevator to use as a target practice, yeah, that doesn't make sense at all, the ship's computer reminds him that it's time for him to feed the alien that he brought on board. The alien, oh my god, is a giant beach ball. With claws for feet. Seriously, it is a painted beach ball. It, it, it's a painted beach ball. <laughs> You you can't you can't even pretend it's 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 a beach ball. It's a beach ball. So while he's feeding it, the alien manages to sneak out of the feeding room when Stills has his back turned to the giant open door. The epic John Carpenter movie score kicks in in two notes, played in sequence, back and forth. He does this pretty much through the entire film, to the point where I'm pretty sure he plays all the notes on his synthesizer. And by the way, the man who bought John Carpenter the synthesizer should be shot. Because seriously, his scores always are like, do 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 Like, that's Halloween. This movie was like, do 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 Like, yeah. It's still funny. So as Stills chases the beach ball alien down, he tracks him to the dark, obviously not someone's garage floor, posing as an elevator shaft with the camera turned on its side, set. No, seriously, it is. You can tell he's laying on the floor, quote-unquote, pretending to be in the elevator shaft. The elevator starts to lower, or slide horizontally, towards him, but stops near inches from his face, and then moves closer, and then closer, like it's some damn five-year-old messing with the controls. Stills pulls himself into the elevator, but of course, his hips are too big, and he gets stuck. And we proceed to have a 10 minute scene of him riding the elevator up and down, struck through the oh my god this movie is so terrible, make it stop. But it's funny. Funny in the bad sense, not funny in the like they meant it. Once free from the elevator, and pissed that the balloon ball alien pushed him into the shaft, he goes and gets his gun only to shoot the alien and... deflate it. Seriously. It goes... I'm not even joking. So they are even aware that it's a beach ball. Moving from one exciting scene to the next, we're treated to Crosby, Stills, and Nash sitting around and talking over their dinner of unfrozen freeze pops. No joke. Stills tells a story about how he's not actually who his outfit says he is. I guess. I don't know. The story wasn't really that important. After Young gets into the computer room, which, by the way, is labeled really well and just glowy, he informs the others that he's found an error with part of the ship, and this apparently is not important because they don't seem to rush off to fix it. Stills goes away from the others to his secret yellow-lit room to record his video diary on a track. Digital storage of the future! It's a good point in the film to comment on the sound effects of the movie. It sounds like some guy just off-frame making the noises into the microphone, with no post-processing done to it either. Like, seriously, it's a guy on the other side going... Like, that's the sound effects. Yeah. Well, after Young stupidly investigates the air, he found only to find a laser that blinds and kills him. Actually, it doesn't kill him, but you think it does. The next bomb, Crosby, Stills, and Nash attempt to drop malfunctions, becoming bound to the ship. Now they only have 15 minutes before the bomb explodes, so what is their idea? Go talk to the frozen, dead commander of the ship and see what he would do. 
And what does the dead commander ask? How are the Dodgers doing? Wow. Yeah. So the dead popsicle commander tells Nash that the only way to disable the bomb is for Nash to talk to it. So he becomes a tiny action figure and floats out to the bomb, because there's obviously not some sort of easily accessible door to the bomb bay or anything from inside the ship, and convinces the bomb that it's not human and needs to question his existence. The first time I've ever seen someone defuse a bomb by talking to it. That would have completely changed Die Hard with a Vengeance. So as Nash goes back to the ship, Young, who apparently is alive, and well, and trapped in the airlock, gets sucked out of the ship. Nash goes after him when the bomb second thinks itself and detonates, leaving the two floating in space. Now, I'm not going to give away the ending of this movie, because it is so ridiculous, and so over the top, you absolutely do not see it coming. Seriously. Not at all. Now, okay, so that's pretty much the end of Dark Star. The movie is listed as a sci-fi comedy. It is rated G. There is absolutely nothing in this movie that is scary. Nothing scary. There is no gore. There is honestly no violence. It's basically four long-haired guys wandering around a small set trying to be funny. Now, some of the special effects are intriguing. The elevator shaft scene is done interesting for the fact that they obviously did not have an elevator, so they painted one on the floor to look like an elevator, and then just hung the camera and filmed it in a way where it kind of looks like it, but at the same time, you can easily tell he is just laying on a floor pretending to be hanging in an elevator shaft, but that's where the funniness comes in. And that's the problem. Because the movie is kind of a comedy, it's hard to know if they were doing the cheesiness on purpose, or if they were legitimately trying to make those things be serious with just some humor in it. And there is a few actual legitimate laughs in the movie. I did laugh because of something that they did on purpose, not because of the horribleness that is this movie. Um, <laughs> but I do recommend this movie. Um, like I said, you can watch this film. There's nothing wrong with it. You can show it to anybody if you really wanted to. Uh, but <laughs> it's it's just one of those really early 70s sci-fi films, pre-Star Wars, pre-Alien, uh, because as I said, the, the actual, the actor in the film uh, who plays, um, well, he plays Pinback in the film. I think I, I think I labeled him as, what, Young? Or, no, no, I labeled him as, like, Nash uh, or Stills. One of those. Um, he actually is the writer, because he co-wrote this film with John Carpenter. His next movie, his next big film, was Alien. He wrote Alien. So the actor in this film who gets trapped in the elevator shaft and who plays with the beach ball alien, who more than likely wrote the beach ball alien character into this film wrote Alien. That's two completely different films. <laughs> completely different movies. Not the same, not at all. However, watching this, you can see where he does get some of his influence uh, to make Alien. It definitely it definitely goes that way. There's some very similar um, moments in the, in the film, or similar beats in the film, that you can go, okay, so that's where he realized, well, you could take this alien part and actually make that be an entire film, so. 
But the movie, like I said, not violent. It was on Netflix for a very short period of time. However, it does not seem to be on Netflix anymore. Uh, and it's not on Hulu. I did, however, find it. You can purchase it for a video on demand on Amazon. So I'll put a link for that on this show uh, so you can find it if you really do want to see this. Otherwise, I'm sure it's available somewhere to just be downloaded. Uh, I don't condemn downloading, but... Um, you know, if John Carpenter freaks out because you're downloading his 1974 independent film, he really loves his movies. <laughs> but uh, definitely you can get it on video on demand on Amazon. So if you do have the $1.99 to want to watch a amazingly 80 minute, I don't even think the movie was more than 80 minutes. Uh, maybe, oh, maybe like 82 or 83 minutes. And um, you want to see the uh, incredible ending to this film. I highly recommend you watching this movie. So, but that's all for today's special Labor Day episode that is not so special. Uh, please join us again next time for more amazing films. We got a couple more of them coming up here that uh, I definitely think you're going to enjoy. And as always, if you know of any exciting and terrible, not necessarily exciting, but just terrible and awesomely funny uh, movies <laughs> that you've seen on Netflix or Hulu, or even in this case, uh, Amazon's Video On Demand, drop us an email and let us know uh, what these movies are, and we will definitely try to get them on to the show so but anyways that's all for this week thank you very much for listening and enjoy your labor day if you're listening to this after labor day it doesn't matter you've already had your labor day and it, it's just pointless but enjoy the rest of your time and i will see you guys next week for more bottom of the barrel thank you very much goodbye and other exit phrases because i still don't have any anything to say okay i'm just gonna bye For more information about this and other programming, visit our official website at www.ghostat.net. <laughs> I like the ending.